Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Are you using your career and family as an excuse to play it safe? When you get scared, do you freeze or focus? And when was the last time you felt lit up by that fire inside? Big Wave Badass and Family Man Laird Hamilton is here to discuss fear, fatherhood, and why fun may be more important than diet and exercise. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking to a man that doesn't need any introduction. Laird Hamilton, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, So give us an idea of where you are and and the kind of view that you have this morning. Where exactly are you? Uh, I am on the Garden Island of Kauai uh, in a place called Hanalei. And right now I'm looking outside at a pretty uh, wet morning. We got we got some big rain, uh, but no surprise because it's the wettest spot on earth. And uh, but there's you know with the rain comes the vegetation, and I'm, and the river's looking pretty swollen. So I might I might get out there and you know paddle in place or something like that just for get some exercise. I uh, one night I got stuck on the the bridge. They closed the bridge after I crossed over. I couldn't get back up into Kilauea, so uh, I got stuck there in that town. I know what can happen when the rains uh, come down. So uh, it, it happens pretty quick with that river. Well, we used to pray for that, you know, when we were kids, hoping it would flood because uh, no school then. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like snow day for other kids, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we love that. Excellent. Excellent. And so, I mean, most people know you for, you know, they know you for your surfing and surviving these huge deadly waves. But today I wanted to talk about what makes you tick. So, uh, the guy on the treadmill in Chicago or the guy stuck in traffic in Tulsa can, can benefit from how you handle fear or any kind of illusion of control and what motivates you passion family all that good stuff so uh you on board for that i'm ready to roll okay cool so i I imagine some folks look at the videos of you surfing waves and and they they may think you're reckless or or that you're a daredevil I, i see a lot of discipline and preparation but either way you're still dealing with fear so i'm just curious you know how what's your approach to working with fear and limiting beliefs i you still have fears right you're not superhuman and you don't have them right 
Well, I, you know, I, I think to not have fear would kind of be like to not have uh, pain uh, where we, you know, you need, it's, it, it's an, an elementary part of survival. Fear is, a, is an important aspect of, of a, you know, of good assessment of, you know, like assessing risk and, you know, to be scared of something that's greater than you or a situation that's dangerous is, I, 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 I consider that intelligence. How so? What, what do you mean by intelligence? Well, because if you're scared, it means that you've assessed something. You, you have awareness of what it means. You mean, okay, hey, that you know that 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 tree or that you know that wave or that mountain or that you know that situation in traffic where somebody's going fast and they're coming at you. You assess that and go, okay, well, if that guy keeps coming at me going that fast, you know, and hits me, I, I, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get hurt or die. So I need to make you know I need to make a uh, decision here and you know i think it's how you use your fear really you know is what separates people uh and and i think that the you know it's really about you know using fear as 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 a uh as a way to become uh stronger and smarter you know i i always say that you know i i might be the most scared guy out there and that makes me uh you know i hope that to this you know, I hope it makes me make good decisions, but at, you know, up to this point, it's it's definitely helped me over the years about, you know, getting out of situations and assessing things properly. And so fear is, a, you know, is, a, is an essential part of uh, of living. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, it, it, I, to me, I think we we feel more alive when we're when we've got something at risk, when we're there's a little bit of that fear, we get aroused. Otherwise, we're just kind of in that bubble. Well, I think that I think that we would not have, you know, the humans would not have survived on Earth had they not been scared. Like, if you weren't scared and you didn't know, hey, that thing can eat me, I better run. We would we would have perished. So, um, I, I think that you know it's an important part of of uh, you know it's it's one of the essential emotions of 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 living and and what you do with it and how you cultivate it. That's a whole nother set of circumstances. And I, I think I'm more of a, a person that, that chooses to confront my fears. Uh, if I have a situation I'm scared of, I, I prefer confronting it and, and really having a better understanding. You know, we always say fear is of the unknown. And I think when you don't understand something, you're more, you're definitely more scared of it. And, you know, and, and then you see people, you know, get scared and, and freeze. Well, that's not the kind of fear you want. That's, that's a dangerous fear. Um, a fear that makes you make good decisions quickly and, and, you know, get out of the way or, you know, or tie the knot or do whatever you need to do to, to survive. Uh, that's good fear. So there is good fear and, and there is bad fear. And then it's, and then it's a matter of, you know, the culture cultivation of that emotion and you being comfortable in in that place. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, when I, I've seen you on huge, ray, huge waves like out at Piahi and there's guys that when they're on the wave, they're racing for the shoulder. They're just trying to survive. And then I've seen you actually ripping, like going up and down the face. You're playing in that element where, where one guy's trying to survive. You're, you're actually at more at ease and playing in that in that place. So I'm just wondering like how do we build up that that ability to let go of control or you know just be able to play when we don't have a sense of control or there's that uncertainty, there's that fear there. 
Well, I, I mean, I think a lot of that has to do simply with, with the time, you know, the amount of time uh, that you, you do something and then, and then the, the amount of, you know, of room, you know, if, 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 it, if it appears that I'm playing, it, it's because I've, I have, I feel like I have time and I'm able to do the things I'm able to do because there is that time. And the other guy that looks like he's running for the life, running for, you know, running for his life to the shoulder, really, he doesn't feel the comfort that he has the time. He feels like he doesn't have enough time and he's just trying to get out of the situation where I feel like I'm still out of the situation and that I have time. And, and, you know, I, I always describe it a lot like, you know, uh, speed when you drive fast in a car the first time you go 80 miles an hour you know your 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 tunnel vision you don't see anything except just straight ahead and and the thousandth time you know or the 10,000th time that you go 80 miles an hour you know you're you can you have peripheral you look around you can see oh yeah i saw the horse in the field over there when i went by and uh and that you know and i think that comes a lot of that comes from experience, you know. I, I mean, there's certain people that will never, ever have that comfort. Just they're not capable of, of, of feeling comfortable in those situations. But I think that most people, through experience, uh, you know, will, you know, their peripheral will open up and they will have uh, more time. You, you know, you always have more time. And that's one thing that you learn. You always have more time than you think you do. And what's interesting is, is that when you speed up, um, you know, when you, when you rush into a situation, it gives you less time. When you slow down, you have more time. And, and so I think that's one thing that if you look at a lot of people that are good in, 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 in uh, high risk situations, they have a tendency to slow everything down, everything slowed down, which, which means really that your assessment is sped up. You know, it's, I always describe it like uh, slow motion photography, you know, is really shooting at a higher frame rate. So you shoot faster film so you can really slow things down well when you assess quickly you're able to slow things down if you have quick assessment and you're and, and you're really assessing everything then you that gives you time and uh, and then through that slowing it down then you can make good decisions and and or have time to to uh, you know play with play in the situation uh, where normally you'd feel like you'd just be running for your life I love it. You know, on one hand, there's these baby steps. I mean, you've been in the water since you were, uh, you know, an infant and, you know, you've built up to this place. You didn't just arrive here. So you've been through baby steps building up this experience. And then on the other hand, it's like, what's the attitude? I'm kind of getting this. Like, what's the attitude we bring to this? Is it this frantic, fearful place where it's like, oh my God, I got it. You know, like it's kind of gritting and white knuckling or is it ease and let's slow down. Let's assess. Let's see what's going on here and see where the opportunity is. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. I, I, you know, we're not speeding up our, 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 and rushing in and, and making kind of, uh, sporadic, you know, irrational decisions. We're slowing the whole situation down and kind of having a comfort there. But, you know, again, that comes from being there. That comes from right. from being in those situations. You know, people always ask me, oh, do you, you know, you know, tell me your scariest, uh, you know, wipeout or your most scary thing. And I go, you know, I used to get rescued you know, daily when I was a kid, like I got washed out to sea more times than I can count. 
And uh, I probably got watched that to see more times than people have been to the beach. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, over time, and especially when you have those traumatic situations when you're young, I mean, you know how when you're little, how scary a movie is or, you know, a, tra- a traumatic situation when you're young because of your lack of experience seems to be much greater. And so I think the impact that that had on me as a young young man uh, kind of went over into as you got older you kind of go well I've already been more scared than than I than than I can be really like almost now I'm almost not capable which you know you never want to be complacent and that's another another aspect of 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 kind of risk management or, or, or doing things that have high risk is that you never want to get that complacency where you drop your guard, you know, and it's, and it happens when the surf's small or, or, or when you're not going as fast as you normally do, or it's not, the cliff isn't as high as it normally is, or, you know, and you kind of drop your guard and you kind of go, Oh, this is nothing. And that's when you get whacked. And, and you need to, you know, you always need to kind of have respect for, you know, gravity and things like that, 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 you know, have a, a, a greater power than you. And I think that's a big part of it too, is just to always retain that kind of humility and never, never get too proud and never think, you know, and always kind of be a little scared, you know, a little, and, and always, and, and like I said, you know, uh, fear and reverence kind of go together. You know, you, you're, you're scared of your dad, uh, but you, you revere him. So, you know, you respect your father. He's, he's bigger than you. He's, he disciplines you, you know, he's a, and, but, but you, you're scared of him too. So, and, and part of that, part of that is, is that's healthy. I, I think that's a healthy way to go about it. And, and you, you, you always want to retain a certain amount of, uh, of, uh, of reverence and fear, no matter what, you know, and, 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 and avoid complacency. Cause that's, that'll get you every time. I like it. I love that there's a sweet spot in between boredom and, and like terror, right? There's that place in there where, where we've got that, where you just kind of ride that edge right in there. Um, exactly. I, many guys are, are not taking risks because falling or failing in their world is not an option, but you fall all the time out in the water. I'm just wondering if you've got any parallels between how you fall in the water and, and, and I mean, just get punished out there. And uh, do you take that into your daily life? And uh, is falling in your daily life uh, an option for you? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, your willingness to be a failure, I think, uh, you know, and subject yourself to failing, I think is, I think that's a, a and again, another really healthy thing to, to, to do because, you know, whenever you learn something new, you're always going to be bad. And so at the end of the day, if you're not willing to kind of have some, have some failure in other situations where, you know, there, you know, when it gets real big and, or when you're falling from the sky real high, or you're, when you're doing certain things where you're not allowed, you know, like we'll say, Hey, today there's just, there's, there's no falling today. There's no option. There's no option. You don't have the option to fall uh-huh. uh, today. And if you think you're going to, then you don't get to ride kind of deal. And so there is that line too. And, and you know, where is that line? And, you know, even on those days, there's a chance that you, you might make a mistake, but, but you have to have that ability to kind of, to draw that line of, Hey, I'll, I'm going to go into the conservative side and just keep the thing, you know, keep my feet on the board and keep me on the board and make it because today's not a day that I can make mistakes where another day you might want to push the edge and you know, part of falling is, is knowing where that line is. Where's is that line between control and out of control and, and, uh, 
you know, the willingness to failure, I, you know, to fail, I, I think I've spent a lot of my life kind of crashing and, you know, and, and failing and, and making mistakes. And, and, and then after a while, you kind of, you start to learn and then pretty soon, Hey, you're, you're getting better. And then before you know it, wow, I can do this. And then pretty soon you're, you know, you're, you, you're at a, at a, a high level, but it was only because you subjected yourself to, to the, sometimes just the pure humiliation of, of failure. I think people avoid failure to the point where they kind of avoid some of the greatest accomplishments that they could have. And, you know, it's easy to just stay within your comfort zone of being an expert at something and only doing what you, what you're good at and all of that, but your willingness to go out and subject yourself to new things. I think that's led me down a lot, a lot more interesting roads than had I just stayed within my comfort zone and, and, and in my safe and, you know, in my comfort zone could be just riding giant waves, but, um, but with all the time and effort, I have at doing that, that would be my comfort zone. And, and unless I subject myself to, to crashing and, and failing in some other areas, I wouldn't have been able to do, you know, foiling and stand up paddling and, 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 you know, and snowboarding and just all these other things that, that, uh, that I've gotten to do that have brought me, you know, uh, kind of incredible feelings of accomplishment. D, I, you know, when we talk about that, I don't think people really understand the mechanics of how somebody like you earns a living. Or, you know, it's like there's not, not somebody's not waiting in the channel to write you a check after you, you know, <laughs> get off the board right there. Um, and I don't think folks really appreciate how challenging it is for a guy like you to come from this island out in the middle of nowhere and earn a living as a surfer without being a competitive surfer. So. Um, yeah. it, it seems like you just, you know, I know that it's, it's just the impression, but you're, you're making a livelihood out of being yourself, being Laird Hamilton. But I'm wondering <laughs> if you, if you ever came close to going down this other path of playing it safe and like, what, I don't know, what would the safe, predictable path have been for Laird, Laird? Like, where, you're like, in, on, you're some desk jockey somewhere. Like, what was that going to be? Did you ever consider going down that road? Well, I mean, you know, I built houses and done, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the weird thing about, I think my personality is, I'm, I, you know, I gravitate towards big chainsaws and big heavy equipment and, you know, just kind of towards more kind of, I want to say, uh, aggressive type situations, but, uh, you know, a safer, a safer way, I mean, obviously would have been to, to do something that was a lot more, uh, structured, you know, I mean, my, of course my mother would have loved it if I went to college and got a degree and, you know, my, my uncle was an accountant and, you know, my mom is an, uh, an accountant and a very intelligent woman and, and, um, her thing was all about education and, and, uh, you, you know, and, and, at the same time, you know, she also kind of made us have, you know, me and my brother kind of cultivate our imaginations and, and uh, you know, read Lord of the Rings and Jonathan Livingston Siegel and all these incredible books that kind of made us have, you know, and we didn't have TV at the end of the road where we lived. We had one channel and when it rained on our roof, it was so loud you couldn't hear it. So, <laughs> we, I mean, internet what? TV who? I mean, we right. didn't have that stuff so we kind of had to be a little more creative and you, you know I, I think that a big part of uh the, of my uh success but you know but my also my continual effort to to be successful is is to have faith and to believe <laughs> you know and that's a big part of it to believe that, that you can do something that you can be you and and make a living you know somebody said to me the other day you know you just have to be you because everybody else is taken so right um 
and I and I <laughs> I have to appreciate that that you know each of us are unique and individual and and uh, you know and that's an amazing thing that there's you know billions of humans on Earth and every single one of them is different even you know even when people are twins they're different and it's and it's pretty uh, it's a pretty amazing phenomenon. So what drives you? Because we don't, you know, if we're watching you, we can only imagine what it's like to be on a, on a huge wave like that or to be riding a foil board or something like that. So we look at you and we're like, wow, we see the danger. Like, what is this guy nuts? Like, are you nuts? Well, I, don't, I don't get that you're nuts, but what's driving you? What do you, what do you think is the big core of that? Well, yeah, you know, I think it's an easy disclaimer to see somebody doing something dangerous and go, oh, that's crazy, because that kind of lets you off the hook from doing it, like uh-huh. if you're a person thinking about it. But I think it's in every one of us. I think every single, and I want to say, you know, uh, more in men than women, uh, but it's in us. It's inside of us. We have this desire, males do especially, um, some females, but in general it's a male trait that we have this kind of desire to go out and and you know, and, and achieve, uh, and, and, and conquer or, or should I, I always like to say survive <laughs> but to, to survive, uh, these, these things for a feeling of accomplishment, you know, you for, but, but the thing that, you know, that drives me, I, I feel like I was born with this kind of fire inside of me that, never got extinguished you know i think a lot of i think all of us are born with a fire in us you know our the, our heart starts beating and once that thing starts it just doesn't stop until it's over and 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 that's like your fire inside of you and and i think that you know mine never got extinguished you know i never got i was in an environment that i was able to cultivate it and and uh i i think had i been raised in a, in a more populated area i i you know, I, I might have been incarcerated. Um, I don't know. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I wasn't. I was in the jungle, and I could kind of cultivate that, you know, that, that, uh, that part of me. And, 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 you know, there's an inner thing inside of you that drives you every morning to wake up at 4, you know, in the morning and, and run the beach and, 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 you know, and look at the ocean. And, and if the surf's giant, be drawn to go and ride it. And if they're, you're near a cliff, you, 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 you want to jump these cliffs. You want to get in these vehicles that go fast. You want to fly. You want to fall. You want to, you know, there's this thing that's just inside of you burning. And, 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 uh, you know, a lot of us have, have it. I think all of us have it. It's just a matter of, you know, how, how, if it's been nurtured or if it's been extinguished, you know, that, that kind of dictates the outcome and your, and your surroundings and all that. I, I think I've been fortunate that I had the right kind of, uh, mentality and, and, and then I had the right situation. You know, it's like all those, it's like the perfect storm, you know, when all the pieces come together, you know, you're, you're, you, you got the physicality, you got the mental thing, you're in the right environment. I mean, you get all those pieces put together and then, and then, uh, and then, and then, it, you know, the opportunity comes, but it's, you know, it's something that, that is, it's, it's a curse as well, because it's something that, you know, that uh, that it's like my you know Gabby always says my wife she's like you know she's like yeah the, what you don't want is like a flat calm environment you know like flat land with with no waves and no wind and you know like that's just, that just that that that's what kills me you know that's what I mean like that's nuts. what drives me out of my mind it's just when there's when everything's too calm <laughs> <laughs> gotta stir it up. You know? 
I want it to be chaos. I want to be, I'm totally calm in chaos, but calmness puts me in chaos. <laughs> it's funny, you know, because some guys, you know, and, and I'll, I'll just throw myself out there. There's a shadow side to this creative part of ourselves. There's this, you know, we can yeah. have that flame. We can have that thing and we got to nurture it. We got to protect it because society's going to want to blow it out because we don't fit in if we honor that flame. But there's also this part of us for some of us. And I, like I said, for, I've got a part of this too. It's just like, I'm always, there's a part of me, it's kind of, you know, this thing on my shoulders, like, I'm, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You got to be doing more. Has that ever played a, a role in, in what you do? Oh, that's a good ongoing battle. Absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's, a, I think it's an innate, I think it's an, I think it's innate in humans to be perfectionist. I think that we that there's somewhere. I mean, that's what drives you. I think that it, you know. I always because I'm a terrible loser, and so I always say, you know, if you show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. Like, <laughs> you, like I, 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 you know what I mean. Like I'm, ne- I, you know, you're never content. You always could do it a little better, and I think. <clears throat> You know, I think that's a driving, that's a driving uh, force that drives you to uh, a higher level of of performance or a, or a higher level of success. By you know, but there is that you know, there is that other side which is that you do have to feel like you've been accomplished too. That it can't always just be you know that you could have done it better and it's not good enough. And because that, if you do, if you go that way. Then you're then you're you're bound for misery. You know, at a certain point, you have to be some sort of contentment. And then what's interesting in in the, in the growth of a of a man or in an athlete or just in a you know in a professional general is that you have this one side where where when you're young and risk taking and you know nothing's perfect and all that and and you kind of come from more from an anger position to cultivate your skills and your talent and then when you become successful then you have to almost change it and come from more of a complacency and you know or more of a contentment i mean and then so you come from a contentment after coming from anger that's a tricky transition yeah to, to to be can, more content, but still have the driving desire and 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 the will to to uh, achieve from from being content than from being angry and trying to prove something. I, you know, I, I'm just you know, if you got to sit down with yourself, what are you? You're on what 47, 48 right now. Yeah. What if you could sit down with twenty year old Laird? I mean, what would you? Is there, could you even get through to him at that time? What would you be? What would you want to tell him at that time? <laughs> 20 year old 20 year old laird uh you know i, I mean I, I i would uh i don't know there's not much i could tell 20 year old laird i don't think he was i don't think well not, not that he wouldn't listen but but i'm happy with what 20 year old laird did because he brought me to four you know 48 49 year old laird so at that point he didn't do he didn't mess it up that bad because i'm here <laughs> So, so at the end of the day, you know, it's like if I look back at my life, I wouldn't want to change anything, you know, that I've done because there's a possibility it could change where I am, and I and I and I'm and I'm and I'm happy where I'm I am right now. I think you know the only thing that uh, I would I would have uh, probably told twenty year old Laird is maybe just have a few less glasses of wine or something. <laughs> Got it, got it. Well, you know, let's talk about family a little bit. You mentioned your wife, Gabby, there. Um, you know, a lot of guys, they've, they've used their family as an excuse to not go after what they want. Like, if they're, not, they're not cultivating that fire, like we were saying, because they're, yeah. they're, they're saying, well, I got my family. But you 
kind of blow that excuse out of the water. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, but I'm curious how being a family man, you've got three daughters, you've got a wife. Yeah. How, how does it affect your surfing and your decisions out in the water? You know, I think it, I think it affects my decisions on land uh, more than it does in the water. Obviously, it, it, I, I think that, uh, you know, and I've said this, and I, and I, I keep thinking I'm going to eat my words, but it hasn't happened yet. But, you know, I really want my children to know me for who I am, and I think that that's an important part of, of being who I am. Like, I, I want them to know Laird, the, the, the waterman, the big, you know, the, the, the guy that comes in from riding giant waves and has that look on his face and that look in his eye and, and, and let them feel what it does for me so maybe they can find their special purpose, their thing that, that, that brings them that feeling, you know, that feeling of accomplishment and, and that feeling. And, you know, I, I always, uh, we talk about it, like they didn't ask me to bring them into the world. I brought them into the world. So why would I put the burden of them, you know, like, Oh, well, I used to ride surf, but then I had you guys. And then I stopped. It's like, that's not fair to them. I, I, I would never do that to them. They didn't, you know, they didn't ask. And, and, and I, and I really want them to know me for, who I am and so I, I think that, that that's an important part of, of being you know uh, uh, a father a husband you know a, uh, a friend I mean I think I just need to you need to continue to be who you are and and you know if you if you if, if you're if you're looking for a way out you know I mean I just think a lot of people are looking for excuses to to uh, to stop you know a lot of people are looking for excuses to 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 not continue on instead of just going, Hey, I don't want to. I mean, I feel like when I don't want to, I'm going to say, I don't want to, uh, because I'm maybe exhausted of the emotional roller coaster it takes to prepare myself to go throw myself in front of a, you know, a moving train. And, 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 and so, but that'll be my decision because of what my needs are, not because of, of, a situation that my family put me in. And so I think that that's a, that's an important part of, you know, having the proper perspective about, you know, what, you know, who, who your family is to you and what you want to be to them. I, I really want, you know, I want, I want them to know me for me, who I am, all, all of who I am, not just, you know, not the, not the, you know, not just a piece of who I am or, or the guy that tells them, Hey, don't do this, don't do that. But I want them to also know, I'm the guy that, you know, takes him out in the jet boat and, you know, puts the, puts the metal down too. So I want him to have, you know, they say that as a father, you're, you know, a big part of what you, what you're supposed to teach your children is it, it, to be adventurous and to, and courageous. And so I go, well, if you want to be a father and be adventurous and courageous, then you need to keep being adventurous and courageous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love what you said, but because also they get to, I'm imagining like if you, if, if, if the, like we got caged Laird. Right. And just what, yeah. a, what a dick you would be. Like, I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Like- well, you don't want to know, Kate. You don't want to know, Kate. Slurred. And the problem is, is at the end of the day, you know, it's like uh, I have friends of mine that retired from playing football and some other guys that, that stop doing what they do. And then they have to look through other avenues. And usually they're pretty destructive avenues to get that feeling that, you know, and, and get that, you know, it takes a real man and some real effort to really to be able to kind of find those areas where that, you know, that it, 
to bring that feeling that those that feeling of accomplishment and those feelings that we need to to sleep well at night and to be civil humans and and uh, you know I, there really is no retirement there is no quitting it's just a new situation um, and a new way to a new outlet and so it really never ends and so you just got to decide you know what kind of person that you what you you know what person you're going to be and you know I think it's all I think it's all up to all of us individually to make ourselves happy and that it's not the behaviors of other people it's not their behaviors of our partners or of our children that's going to make us happy it's going to be what we need to do for ourselves to make ourselves happy and then we can come back and we can be part of a happy situation but we have to bring happiness into the situation we can't expect the situation to make us happy that is so huge i mean so many of us are waiting for permission to go do what we love we're waiting for permission to go pursue this or that and we're, and we're kind of hoping we're negotiating well if i do this then maybe down the road this will come out and and you're saying go for it you got to be the one that goes for it and especially if we've got kids we've got to they don't need information. They need demonstration. They need us to show them how to go and pursue the things that you love and not let the world cut you off from it. You've got to be the one to go out there and then they're going to follow suit. Hey, dad did this. Yeah, well, it's, did all, that. it's all about leading by example. And, and the thing is, if, if, if people are in situations with partners that, 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 you know, don't understand, then, that, then, then you kind of almost have to educate and let, you know, it's like Gabby knows, Hey, if I go out and surf and, and, and run the beach and, you know, f- fall out, fall from a big cliff and do all my whole thing, I come back. I'm like somebody that they want to be around. They want to see me. But if you, if you tell me take a couple days off and don't do anything and just you know be right by my side you're going to be like before the day's up you're going to be like please go away (laughs) (laughs) well let's talk about your wife for a second because was there ever a time where she would see you looking at a at a a, you know a satellite photo like charting a storm and and you know a swell model and and kind of get nervous and maybe you think about intervening i mean how critical is her support to what you do Oh well, it's essential. I mean, to have the support of of the you know of the person that you that you're with. I mean, it's you know your partner, their support it, it really kind of brings you a certain amount of comfort. If you're being distracted by their, if they're distracting you from what you're doing, you definitely can't do it to the you know to the full potential. And so, you know, the great thing about about Gabby is that she knew. You know, I always say you knew the job was dangerous when you took it, because she she she. I mean, she understands what. I do. She met me. I was doing what I do. Um, she has a lot of, uh, of faith in my in my ability to do it. You know, we. I mean, we we talk. You know, it's like we have a saying: "There's old pilots and bold pilots. No old bold pilots." It's like, you know, it, it may look like it's reckless and foolhardy from uh, the outside, just from looking at the image. But when you see the preparation, when you live with the preparation, when you live with the with the uh, the methodicism of it, when you, when you see how methodical we are about the process and and what we do and how we do it, you you begin to know that this is, you know, this is this is a a lot more scientific than people think and the amount of time and effort that we put into it. It, it, it she's got a lot of faith in me and she gives me full support and I mean she, she may have a woman's intuition and say hey you know today I just kind of have a feeling about something and usually when she does you know some something breaks or I get hit or something happens I mean there's usually legitimacy to that and so we we, we heed those we heed those intuitions but at the same time you know w- we get full support and and I, I think it would be hard for to 
be in a situation that that you, that I wasn't getting full support. I think it's just not a healthy environment. Um, you know, I I know in the past I've been in situations where you you're not getting full support, and it it just you know it it, it ends up being uh, counterproductive and just it doesn't you know it's not good for anybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, I get this image of a tiny flame, and it's like we got to protect it. You know, the world's going to try That's and it. snuff it out. We got to feed it, give it a little bit of air, and the people around us are going to be either be a contributor or they're going to take away from that. Well, that's right. Okay. Well, I got to ask you, you, you talked about chaos a little while ago. What's more humbling, raising daughters or, or getting thumped out in the water? Oh gosh, I'll take the the water's easy. The water's easy. I mean, I mean, in comparison, because these these little girls are twenty four seven, man, and they are like relentless. They are just endlessly. Their energy and they're just relentless, and you know the mental jujitsu is unbelievable. They're they're, you know, and I mean, I didn't know a four year old could consume that much information and then subject it on you, you know. <laughs> oh man, I've got a two year old daughter, so I'm right behind you. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, watching. Yeah, well, you. Hold, get ready, hold on. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about meaning a little bit. We get older, and and you know, we start to want the things. You know, we want to have an impact in the world, and surfing by itself is really selfish. So I. I I'm just curious, as you've gotten old, how, how, do you, how have you brought more meaning into what you do? Well, I mean, you know, I've been, first of all, I've been involved, obviously, I'm involved in this new stand-up paddle, stand-up paddling craze. Um, I mean, I mean, other than just, of course, being involved with charities and doing stuff for, you know, uh, cystic fibrosis and, and autism and, you know, and, and just all these other charities and, and wherever you can help people, uh, you know, and then again, like I said, stand-up paddling is really a, a, a discipline within surfing that really is something that everybody can do and experience and I think that's part of uh, one of the blessings that I have is that I've been able to I've been able to kind of uh, you know kind of kindle that aspect you know that spirit of surfing which which is a lot more sharing and a lot more it's a discipline that that all types of people can do in, in all types of situation. And, you know, conventional prone surfing is a very difficult, uh, sport and you got to be somewhat like a gymnast. And, you know, I think surfing is, uh, one of the, one of the, one of the few sports that has so little participants, but yet it's such a big industry, uh, considering how few people can actually do the, the sport itself. And so, you know, stand up paddling, you know, the way it allows all these different types of people to to experience the sensation of you know of what we call papahei nalu in Hawaii, which means wave gliding or wave sliding, like it's like a wave sliding experience where you're standing up, sliding along the water, and and uh, and I see the happiness and the joy that it's bringing people, and I think that that you know that's like a payback for me. I see that bring you know bringing joy to old time surfers. I think it bringing happiness to you know all kinds of people that would never ever even go in the water now are in the water and and i think that in a way i I get to kind of vicariously experience the joy that i know that surfing's brought me in my life i think it's brought me so much happiness and and fear and tears and all these emotions but i can live vicariously through people you know helping people learn how and 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 uh 
and experience, you know, riding away for the first time. I, I, I can always, I live through that a little bit. That's a nice, I always wonder what that, you know, feels like. It's been so long since I rode my first wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate the, 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 the stand-up thing because actually the first time I rode a stand-up was actually out there in Hanalei and, and, uh, and I'd been, I'd, I was one of those prone surfers that was poo-pooing and I was like, ah, we don't need any more of this crap. And, and then I got on it and, and, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm like hooked and I just loved oh, yeah. it. And, uh, it, it is, it is a big deal and it is a big life changer. My wife can go do it. I can take my it daughter is. out on it and it's just I, I, you know, imagine, it, I, I want to be able to, to translate, look, this is why I spend so much time on the water. I want you to get an experience of this. And this just lowers that uh, bar so people can get out there and have that experience and, and care more about where we live too. It's like we had a, a whole different relationship with it now. Exactly. And, and that, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it also heightens the bar because like what we're doing in the big surf with that and some small wave tricks. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've never evolved more in my surfing than since I do, started doing stand up. So in a way, it's like a huge spectrum. And, you know, you, when you go to the Battle of the Paddle, which is like, you know, one of these stand up paddle races and you have 2000 people participating. I mean, it has, you know, it has kind of epic proportions with it's like triathlon meat surfing and it's and you see the people. People and and uh, you know I think at the end of the day I think that it, it is everybody's right to experience you know getting to that sensation you know getting that experience of being on the water and I think if more people were out there you know using the ocean and experiencing and being on the rivers and the lakes then then more people would be you know fighting for the the clarity of the water and 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 you know keeping keeping the ocean protected and so in a way it's kind of like you know we we wish that no one was out there but you know we we were we were those people too and so it's and, and I feel like it's everybody's right to kind of have the opportunity to enjoy a good ride now if you're you know we always say kooks are kooks it doesn't matter what they're riding so yeah there's dangerous people out there and you know we always have to kind of give them a little sounding and say hey you know you got to learn what to learn what you're doing before you come running through the lineup and run the kids over right but uh, but that's but you know it is it is people's kind of right to have have uh have fun at the end of the day it's really about fun and and then which which ends up spilling into your health you know they said if you could only do one thing and it was eat right or sleep or work out what would be the single single greatest thing you could do for your health and it's have fun and so at the end of the day uh you know make time to do things that you enjoy uh is probably the single greatest health benefit now after that eating working out sleeping those are all other things that you know lead to being able to do things like my friend, Mr. Wildman, you know, at 80 when he's up snowboarding and then he's, you know, biking and stand up paddling. It's like you can do this for, you know, for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people connect those dots between eating and diet. Like there's just this thing of kind of like, oh, I'm maintaining the engine, but they don't they don't get that if the body's, you know, gone to hell, then everything you want in your life is gone to hell. I mean, you, you get injured a lot. I mean, how do you navigate that terrain uh, with with injuries, and I know that the diet helps, but just kind of walk us through that. Well, I mean, you know, the injuries a lot of times are an emotional roller coaster of, okay, I'm broken. Can I, you know, will I get better? How long will it take me to get better? And, you know, am I going to be able to do what I, what I do? And will I, you know, will I be the same and all that stuff? And so there's an emotional aspect of being hurt that you have to deal with. And, you know, as many times as that I've been hurt, you start to kind of perfect the art of being hurt. And it's not something that I want to be good at, but I am good at being hurt. 
you know, and and it's it's because I've been through the the process of it where you start to get you know you're you're really uh, vigilant about okay I'm hurt now now I'm gonna you know now I'm I'm you know I'm you got to continue to work out you got to continue to eat well you got to continue to move the more you move the faster you heal uh, the the more you can endure the pain uh, while you're hurt and 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 push on the 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 quicker you'll be better and it just seems counterintuitive you want to not do anything and and uh you know and again injuries are a real emotional kind of roller coaster where you're where you're doubting if you're going to be the same and will i be able to do it and and then but once you've been through that process enough times you start to realize yeah you will be the same and you end up learning a lot more about yourself when you're hurt you know i always say failures will teach you much more than successes i mean you know anytime a a, you know a, a team or something loses they always just reassess everything and fire everybody and you know they could have done the same exact thing in one just had other people do some something different and they wouldn't change a thing so it's always interesting to watch you know how people react during that and and you know injury is a is a form of failure and so i mean things have failed either the bones failed or the skin failed or you're you made a mistake and you got whacked and so you know injuries for me are, are educational and and you know you learn about supplements you learn about your your uh, you know you learn about your fitness you learn about you know how far you can push it you learn about yourself uh when you're hurt you have a lot of time to a lot you know depending on the injury so a lot of time to think and so uh i think i would attribute a lot of the, a lot of my injuries towards you know my success i think that that without all those injuries that i've had i wouldn't have the success that i've had and 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 uh and the continual knowledge of myself, of my body, how it works. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so conscious of my training and so aware of my, of my diet had I not been, you know, hurt as many times as I have. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, was there one pivotal injury that that started, or were you kind of just gradually going on this path? Well, I've been whacked a lot. You know, I had a thousand stitches with no operations by the time I was 20. I mean, so I've been, you know, I, I had I had a broken ankle though when I was probably. I want to say 16, a uh, guy ran me over with a huge surfboard and broke, compounded my ankle, drove the bone out the side of my leg. And, and, uh, and that was, a, you know, that was the first time that I had an injury that really stopped me. Like I, you know, had to, I, well, so kind of stopped me. I would just say slowed me down, but it was, <laughs> you know, monumental enough that, you know, you got the big cast and you can't go in the water. And I saw the cast off and rebroke it and then had to get a thing. And so, it's, you know, you, in a way, I think that was that, that broken, that first broken leg kind of, that was the, that was the kind of the first, you know, that, that one broken leg might've saved me, you know, saved me a real big, big injury, maybe, you know, in the sense of, and I noticed with my children, when I was raising my kids, you know, you see them on the stairs or they're walking around and you see them and you go, and you know, they're going to fall and you're kind of like, Oh man, I want to go catch them. But I know if I go there and stop them from falling off that first little step that, they're they're not going to understand what those stairs mean, and they're going to be in the top, and I'm not going to be there, and they're going to go ka-tunk, ka-tunk, ka-tunk right. all the way down. And so you, you kind of have to let the kids fall off the first step to understand, oh, those are stairs. You don't want to fall on those. And then, then they don't fall from the top because they know it hurt from the first one. And, 
And I think that was for me, I think that was part of, you know, I think that injury probably, you know, helped save me in a way because it probably kept me from an injury that may have totally, you know, might have totally prevented me from, you know, doing a lot of the things that I've, that I've been able to do. It woke you up to that. Okay. I'm human. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. pay attention, Laird. Yeah. You're not, you're not, I mean, as invincible as you think you are, you know, and, and then it's what you do after that too. You know, it's like, what's interesting is, you know, you see a lot of fighters and stuff and, and, uh, and athletes that never lose, you know, and, and, and they go through, they go so long without ever losing that when they lose, totally in shock they're almost like in devastated and they and a lot of times they don't recover from that yeah. because they never had it early along enough to kind of just bounce out of it and realize oh that's part of it blow that stuff off and uh and so they don't know how to blow it off it it, it gets into their psyche and then it after that it's like they almost sometimes they never recover uh from that and I mean the thing about the fight you know the fight game is that it's such a you know that game is such a uh, kind of egocentric you got to really have confidence in yourself and think that you're the baddest baddest in the world and no one you're invincible but at the same time that, that vulnerability of you know you know, any even a blind squirrel can find an acorn. You know, somebody can get lucky and knock you out on a day. It doesn't mean that they're better than you. It just means they got a shot on you, and you and you having the right perspective. And you know, you can see how it can just derail. Somebody can get derailed pretty quickly if they haven't kind of had that experience and know and know how to get through that. You know, and like I said, you know, injury or or loss. I mean, these are these are forms of failure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about spirituality because I'm just wondering, you were always in the water. You've obviously lived near the water. The water is a huge part of your life. It's a huge part of your spiritual life. Was there ever a moment where you woke up to that reality and you're like, wait a second, you know, this isn't just where I play and I have fun. Uh, this is something much larger than me. Did you did you have some kind of a of a moment there, or or is it just always been I, I that think way? I, I mean, I've had a couple. You know, I've been lost at sea. I was lost. At, I was. I, you know, I was uh, rescued in the. You know, rescued, kind of wondering if it was going to be the end. I've had some scary. Thought I was going to die situations, but uh, you know, it seemed like uh, I. I don't think it was any one grain of sand. I think it's the whole mountain. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, I think it was. It, it's been. You know, you start to realize that that's that that this relationship that you have with the ocean and, and, you know, all of a sudden you go for some time and, you know, you go for uh, a period of time when you're not in it. And then you and then you get in and you're like, oh, my goodness, I this I need this. This is something that's part of me. It really brings me kind of it brings me a certain kind of understanding of you know why i'm here and who i am and you know it, feel, it makes me feel connected and and once you start to realize that then you then you don't make the mistake of not being in it and not being near it and 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 but i don't know if it was any one you know any one particular one i mean even though there's been a lot of a lot of them and there've been some pretty heavy ones and you know each one at the time i think was in itself monumental enough to have that effect but i think it was really just the accumulation of all of the you know all of that and then and then the realization over time how how you know how you need it you know i mean it's like i mean it, there's some there's spiritual emotional aspects of it i mean it, first of all it's you know ph balance i mean you just get in that ocean and swim around for an hour or two and i i believe that you you know your ph balance and your you know i mean there's all this other kind of scientifically you know uh verified 
data that the ocean brings to you physically and then you go well then if it's having that effect physically and you can measure it then you know it's having some you know emotional and spiritual effects on you yeah and it just seems like the way you describe it i mean for somebody else i know my wife feels that way in the mountains i'm a water guy she's a mountain guy but uh there's just so many of us out there that are ignoring that we just like well it's not going to get me more money or it's not going to get me late or whatever and we've really got to pay attention to that stuff again it comes back to giving ourselves permission to go for what really makes us feel whole. That's what I'm getting from that. Well, you know, it's, 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 it, what's interesting, it's a little bit like our fear of the sun. You know, we, we, we fear the sun. And, you know, we, I was listening to this guy talk about how we're the first culture in, in ever in the history of the world that fears the sun. Every other culture has always worshipped the sun and that we're from the sun. And that the sun, without the sun, none of us are here. And the earth's charged with the sun. And we, you know, the sun, and we hide from it and think it's making us sick. And meanwhile, the only disease is that, you know, when you're not, the, the only get diseases from not being in the sun not from being in the sun <laughs> and so in a way it's like the sun is you know it's so important and light the light of it is so important on our on our psyche and then you know the depression that happens in all the places that don't get enough sunlight i mean so we're connected to this to the to you know the earth in a way that we don't even understand we can't even begin to measure it we just need to know one thing we're connected to it and so we need to cultivate that and and what's interesting is you know people people are always looking you know like okay i'm not getting something from this but you're getting this intangible thing that you can't measure and at the end of the day you know it doesn't matter how much money you have you can't buy your health i mean you see these wealthy people and they're spending their money at the hospital but at the end it's too late you needed to do it along the way and you need to cultivate it along the way and you know at the end of the day you got to live right now because who knows what tomorrow will bring and if you sit around working to get a big pile of money to retire that's never going to happen because at, at the end of the day, you, 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 we're not designed to do nothing. <laughs> so you might as well kind of enjoy the ride along the way. And you don't know what's going to happen. You might save up what to die and then give it to your kids and mess them all up. That'll be great. It's like at the end of the day, you got to kind of live, you know, you got to live for the moment. It doesn't mean be foolhardy and don't, you know, save up and, and be smart about certain things. But sure. at the same time, you know, you only have right now. It's only, you only got today, today. And then, you know, when tomorrow comes then you'll have tomorrow, but it's not till then. And so I think that's another part of, you know, really enjoying, you know, and like you said, your wife loves the mountains, you love the sea, but at the end of the day, it's all part of the one thing that we're all connected to, which is, you know, which is the planet. We're all part of the earth. We're from the earth. The earth is from us. We're all, it's, it's a, it's a relationship that you have to cultivate. And it's unbelievably interesting how, the environment it's it's so good for us to be you know why do people want to go into parks and why do they go hiking in nature and why do we seek it out to go and be in it because it brings us something that we need and we don't even know how to measure it we just know after or before hey i need that and we go and and fortunately people that are already doing it on a regular basis they have the system they've already cultivated the relationship the problem is if you if you wait long enough before you start you don't think it has an effect but as soon as you start doing it you're like what was i doing all this time and i think that's one thing that you know when hurricanes and and other kind of monumental environmental uh you know consequences that happen i think people need to that's just like a reminder of hey you know we're we're 
we're on a planet that's, you know, spinning in like whatever, 12, 1300 miles an hour, traveling at 24,000 miles an hour through space. I mean, this is, you know, we need to, we, we need to be realistic about where we are really and, and not just think that the air is controlled by the air conditioning, you know? Right, right. Absolutely. Well, I just keep coming back to like, don't wait to do what you love. You know, figure yeah. out, you know, figure out what you do to love, even, even what you love to do, even if it doesn't have this like tangible thing, feel it. You're going to have an experience from it. You know, come back to the, what's the experience you have doing it? You know, what if you oriented your life around what makes you feel excited as you aroused in life, you know, as you feel whole and, and just give yourself permission to go for that. Uh, I, that's what I keep pulling away from this interview, man. Well, it would be a better planet at the end of the day. And then, you know, I have a friend of ours that's a, a judge in the South, a woman judge. And, you know, she always says, invest in experiences is her, is her line. And I, and I have to quote her because, you know what, that's right. Because at the end of the day, all, these, all this monetary stuff, you ain't bringing it with you. But experiences, you might. If there's anything you could take with you when you do leave, you might be able to take the experiences you have. And one thing's for sure, you definitely get to carry them, carry them around with you every day. You know, you get to... You get to carry these experiences around with you, and they shape you and mold you. And, and uh, you know, I just see it through my kids. You know, they always remember. They don't remember what they got, but they always remember what they did, you know? Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Laird, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. This has been an awesome interview. We went way over. I, you've been very generous with your time. Uh, my pleasure. It's been, been a lot of fun. Thank you again. Aloha. Aloha, buddy. Take care. Laird and his wife, Gabby, have a great website full of useful info. Take a minute to check out all of the cool free workouts, recipes, and nutritional articles at GabbyandLaird.com. There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews, so visit TheNewManPodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.